and we are back what's happening people um it is currently 10 30 on a friday night um because you know i don't have any other plans to go out because i'm boring um and i'm here recording another podcast um i'm here with my cousin dev what's happening subby all good all good um and I've got you on here, as like you've said before, for a specific reason, which is you are in the corporate world. Is that the right way, is that the right way of putting it? Yeah, it's a it's a fairly fairly loose term, but I think it's accurate. Okay, yeah, a, yeah, a corporate world, and um, something I think which a lot of people do aspire to get to at some point, um, especially I would say young Asians that don't want to be a doctor or you know. A, a doctor or a lawyer the other then is going into a high business role again which comes into uh, this is a whole separate thing but comes into let's say pressures of a family especially in Punjabi Asians Hindu Indian any sort of you know yeah this Asian is, family this is going to turn into a goodness gracious me sketch no 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 it's not it's not that's really showing your age by the way um <laughs> yeah anyway so that's why I brought you on um Dev, you just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself. So, Subby, um, I've been your cousin now for all of your life. Oh, fucking really, have you? Yeah. I didn't know that. I know, Honestly, did that, not know if, that. And if I switched this around and, and talked about some of the things that, that you've done, then it would be a far more interesting podcast. But I'm, but clearly, you've invited me here for a specific reason. We can have some um, fun, fun, fun in it. It's not a problem. <laughs> I don't know why I said fun three times like that. But wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? Wait, because... Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, um, yeah, so, well, one, I've been resisting coming on here, but you finally wore me down. Yes. Uh, now, I, um, look, I'm... Can I'm I not, ask why? Uh, I, th- I, I think I've seen you doing this for a while now, and I thought, this is not, um, I thought, how long is it going to be before you lose uh, interest in this and all the equipment is sitting in a box somewhere in your shed? But clearly, clearly it's... Uh, is gaining momentum now so thank thank you this is my so family thought, by the way you know i don't want to don't want to miss the boat yeah uh, the, the, this is my family by the way this is this is the sort of thing they think this is what they think about me basically that i'm just gonna give up and you know whatever either anyway um fuck you firstly <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but do you know what to be fair I see where you're coming from because I've said things that I want to do things, whatever. But I think now as I've gotten older, I've realized if I'm going to say something, I'm going to do it. If that makes sense. And yeah. I'm going to stick with it as much as I can, unless it goes absolutely shit and I just can't do anything. Then if it's out of my power, then I'll stop. But I like doing this. So we're going to carry on for a bit. Yeah. But to be fair, you wouldn't have been the only person who suddenly developed a lockdown hobby and then realized that actually after two weeks of learning Spanish, nah, <laughs> I actually tried to learn Italian during lockdown. You know, uh, is it Duolingo? There's a site that, anyway. She's an artist, isn't she, from Albania? No, that's Duolupa, I think. Yes, but anyway, that was a horrible joke. See, this is how it shows your age. That was just shit. Anyway, the point is, is I tried to learn for like two, two weeks, got bored, didn't do it. This I thought about in lockdown, but never actually did it. I did this after lockdown carry on you're telling us a bit more yeah, about yourself. so um look i i've spent most of my adult life uh working for big organizations now i'm not I've, i'd never ever claim to be an expert on the things that i'm going to talk about and share with you but 
look, clearly you've, you've, you've got been, knowledge. Yeah, you've, you learn things along the way. And I, I, I was reflecting on this, obviously, coming here. A lot's changed, but a lot hasn't. Yeah. Um, and there are things that I wish I'd known 20 years ago, um, or even, to be honest, two or three years ago. And if I'd have known them, my stress levels would have been a lot lower. I'd have been a lot more prepared and a lot more resilient. So I'm more than happy to share some of those things. But like I said, this is a this is a personal kind of view. Don't take it as as red. Yeah, fair enough. Um, can I also just say before we start, um, have you seen, there's a film and it's called uh, Thank You For Calling, something like that? No. Anyway, so it's about this guy who goes into a call centre and um, have you watched Power by any chance? No, but I know roughly what it's okay, about. Okay, so the guy who plays um, Ghost, James St. Patrick in that, I think it's, I don't know what it is, I can't remember what his name is. He's in that as well. And then it's just basically about having a, in quote, white person voice on the phone. And I'm saying this for a reason. <laughs> you have, <laughs> you have the most amazing white person voice. I, some I've, I've heard you on the phone, obviously, when you've been working, when you're working from home and I've been at yours um, during uni. And sometimes I forget that you're Punjabi altogether. But, uh, but then equally, then, yeah. then you'll get off the phone and then you'll just say something to me. And I'm like, okay, now he's back in the room. It, but you know you what? switch it, it on and off. It's interesting. And, um, and it's a feature that you, I think a lot of people in my generation, you do have to become a chameleon. It's, there's no doubt about it. Um, and that has, its, that has its impacts. I've spoken to more than one kind of um, Asian colleague or, or friend who's in a similar place. And they realise that you've got to have all these different hats on. Mm. You know, if you're, you're your family, you've got a different hat on. If you're speaking to, you know, someone, uh, you know, in the pub, your old mates, you've got a different hat on. And then when you're at work, you have to kind of conform and be different. Yeah. Um, it's very different, to, very difficult, I should say, to have authenticity when you've kind of been pushed to, to fit in. So, yeah, no, yeah, you can call me up on it, but it's, I suppose it's very I'm not relevant. even calling you up, I'm just saying it's amazing. I'd like... I try to, you know, when when I'm talking to people through work, like for work, and I try to sound a bit more like them as well. I know what you mean. And I've, you know, my brother does it. Everyone does it. But yours is just like, you know, it's just, I I, I don't. Hello, sir. I can provide you better (laughs) in your current providings. Yeah. It's luckily it's not like that. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I'm just saying yours is very, very polished. I think you're used to it. Thank you. Um, starting with the actual podcast now. Um, yeah, let's. So I want to talk to you f- firstly, if you don't mind, telling everyone what you do, your actual um, job, bro. So I, so my my background is all kind of retail. So I've worked for lots of big retailers in lots of jobs, everything from marketing, running stores, developing stores, um, and. I don't know quite how, but um, reaching board level um, positions in, in a few organisations as well, which mm. I have to say at quite a young age as well, um, which was a, an interesting an interesting kind of exercise because you're maturing as a person. As yeah, well you as, did, didn't you? Yeah. And um, it was, I mean, I... Because you were in your what? Let, sorry to interrupt, but you were in your, I want to say what, late 20s when I was... Yeah, I was probably 28 when I was, when I hit director. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's good. Yeah, I, and I yeah, 
I'm not going to give myself too much of a pat on, on the back because I of mean, things, but listen, when, when you do well, you should. Yeah, but you you don't be big headed, but just give yourself the give course. yourself the flowers. Oh, of, of of course, you know, I'm I'm not going to completely put myself on a downer, but you do learn that a lot of it is just luck and timing, um, and being in the right place. It's funny because obviously a lot of what I'm going to refer to is some of the barriers that you have, but clearly a lot of those barriers didn't exist for me, or I found a way to go around them or you know you just you're in the right place at the right time but but this a lot of the i think the challenges still ring true okay um you're talking about challenges and stuff i think for the main reason of getting you on here as well is obviously being my cousin us being from the heritage we have yeah and i'm not charging you for this as well fuck off um is we're going to talk about the challenges of let's say what you've seen not not me because I've not been in it, and we're going to talk about a bit more about that as well. But what you've seen from board level, you, you know, through your journey, you know how difficult it's been for you in the quote unquote corporate world, and let's say climbing the ladder and challenges you've had to face as a Asian, you know, Punjabi guy going through various companies, roles, and whatever else. So, what's been your biggest challenge? working in throughout all these businesses throughout all the different businesses you've worked in and by the way you say you work in real retail um can you give a bit more insight into that because retail is quite you know you said uh owning shops and not owning shops but looking after them whatever else well it's, uh, yeah and i should have probably given a bit of context like a lot of people i grew up above a shop for the first few years of my life so parents had off license um and then they had like a garden center so you know, not an, an atypical experience for a lot of up and air who've whose parents kind of came and they own own family businesses. So retail was kind of in my blood from that as well. But I worked for um, the yes. I have to be careful. I don't name too many people. But one of the country's biggest electrical retailers, uh, mm-hmm. then one of the country's biggest garden centre and homeware retailers, then did the world's biggest convenience retailer. And then did a lot of work with um, in food service, uh, and really became an expert in things like coffee shops, convenience stores, um, quick actual service. coffee shops. By the way, not um, the other coffee shops. Yeah, yeah, Carrier. yeah, yeah. Quick service restaurants, that kind of stuff. So that's where I, that's where I've made my niche is um, is coffee, uh, QSR, and convenience. And to be fair, it's interesting for me because I grew up above a convenience store, so it's a bit like. He said quick service restaurants. Can you give us an example for people who wouldn't know what that uh, is? A McDonald's is a QSR. A Subway is a QSR. So fast food. Yeah. 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 Those fellas. Yeah. So you could have just said fast food. Well, okay. Anyway, not the point. Um, yeah, carry on. We use we use these words to confuse and to justify our expertise. Yeah. 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 Carry on. Um, you were saying? Y- yeah. So, um, and it is probably worth going back a little bit before we, we hit kind of some of the challenges I face because I... If you, so I grew up, I was born in 79 and um, you, you kind of, you reach the age where you're making your career decisions. Right. Like, well, typically, I mean, if, it's the mad thing is in this country, effectively, you're making decisions about your career at 16. Because yeah. if, if you haven't chosen the right subjects at A-level, um, it limits what you can do in the future, which is, I have to say, I think is a national scandal that they'll fix eventually, but... 
So that's the kind of that's where where we were all forced. Okay, I'm going to stop you there because you've gone onto something there. What? How do you think they're going? To, what do you mean by national scandal, and how do you think that they should fix it? In well, your opinion, well, I'm going to I'll chuck the question back at you. When you were 16 years old, Subby, did you really have a clue about what you wanted to do in your life? No. Yeah. So there you go. So to force people to make those kinds of decisions at 16, because we're the only country that does it. Even Scotland does it slightly different to England. How do they do it? So they don't have A-levels. They have something called Scottish highs. So they do five subjects and they're broader and it gives them um, a more opportunity to to basically down-select the areas that they want to go into, whether it's vocational or whether it's mm. kind of university or whatever. Whereas we're, we just have a, a system that wasn't fit for purpose, I think, 20 years ago, yet alone now. But my understanding is that that, that might change and it's probably one thing that will change in the next five years. But... But that's what I had. And to be fair, that's what all of my kind of cohorts had at the same time. So we were all making career decisions at 16. When you're, when you're young and Asian and you've got, certainly for my generation, your, your role models, if you were looking to go into something professional, tended to be in areas which were vocational, like dentists and doctors and accountants. Um, you know, places that you were guaranteed a job. And there was a, I think there's a really good reason for that. It's, you, you have to remember that for our predecessors, I mean, they grew up at a time when there were national front rights openly in places like Southall. Um, yeah. You know, the you don't, I think, certainly you lot, Subby, I think you have no idea um, about how open racism was in the 70s and certainly parts of the early 80s. So mm. for someone to make a decision, you know, at that time to say, actually, I'm going to go and work for a big company, it was brave because you thought, you know, I'm going to essentially put my career in the hands of people who are likely to have a lot of prejudices or misconceptions about me and probably a limit as to what I can achieve. So it was not, it was sensible, I think, as a survival tactic for parents to say, why don't you become a doctor or why don't you become an accountant? Um, it was more, I think you it didn't was... didn't need to do the accent, <laughs> but carry on. But it, you can you can see it was it was a sensible way to ensure that you were not going to find yourself um, kind of limiting your, your, your opportunities to earn. And that's what it's all about. It's about earning money. Um, it is, but I, I get what you're saying there, right? Because obviously, like you said, it will be difficult going into an institution, let's say, and then then basically taking the piss out of you on a daily basis. Well, you know, racially, especially back then. But, and that's why I'm trying to sum it up in a bit uh, in more layman's terms, let's say. And that's why people were going to, you know, other professional fields like doctors and, you know, all that stuff. But I think there is a lot of pressure though, and there still is now, from probably from back then to be- go into those fields um because of status so as much as it is what you're saying i think there is the argument of there is a lot of um let's call it a stigmatism in the asian community of you have to be uh in a job role where you have a certain status yeah it's um and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna argue with you slightly on this because I think there's there's often we we look back at sort of status piece is what drives it, and there's yeah there's no doubt there's a lot of that, but I think off the other thing that people forget is the 
the Asian community have got this escape plan mentality. Um, you probably don't hear it as much as I used to hear it, but I used to regularly, I'd be sitting with uncles and stuff. And once they'd had a bit to drink, they'd be saying, you know, they're going to send us back one day or, you know, we have yeah. to, they, they all, I think it was sensible um, or without realizing it, people were pushing their kids into careers that if they did have to suddenly go to another country or escape, they were not going to be um, kind of stuck because it was vocational. And the, ch- you know, the chances of being a doctor in America if you've got a, you know, a UK degree is a, in medicine, you know, fairly good. But if you worked, for, I don't know, ICI and suddenly they kicked you out, you know, you've got to go and start again when you go to, you know, America. And there was a little bit of that. There was a little bit of that. And actually, I'm hearing more of it now. And it's, you know, the things have become much more shaky. Um, you know, we've got uh, a Ugandan refugee, a, Ugand- a person from Ugandan heritage a refugee is, is a home secretary that's sending people to Rwanda who are refugees. Um, you know, the world, the world's completely turned on its head. Are you talking about Priti Patel? Yeah. She, she, whose name must not be spoken. I don't give a fuck. The, fuck that the vampires will come out. Fuck that bitch. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah. Karen, you saying yeah, yeah. about So, her. you know, so, so imagine me, um, we're talking kind of 1995. Mm. My role models are all, they're not really many people who work in business. Did you say ninety five? Yeah, <laughs> year before I was born. Carry on. <laughs> exactly. You know that that gives that gives you some you know some context. I'm I'm sixteen years old. The people who I've been told I need to aspire to have all kind of and my brother at this time was um, kind of studying medicine as well. So the everyone I was told to kind of role model, none of them were in business. Um, and I you know I often look back and I think. Bloody hell, I received some astonishingly poor advice at that time. It's almost a miracle that I achieved anything in life because you're constantly pushed down avenues that you don't, your, so your heart's not in or your what, passion's not What in. were you pushed into more or less? Not to say pushed into, but what were you guided into more? Because obviously, like you said, your your older brother, uh, Paul, yeah. he, he was studying to be a doctor. So... Marcy and Marcy, what what did they, not saying forced you, but guided you towards, let's say, what 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 was their sort of initial hopes for you? I, well, because, some, you can speak, I just no. get this straight? You've got a master's in law as well, right? No, I've got an, an undergrad in law and a master's um, in marketing. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Um, so yeah, they, and well, I think one, if you speak to my parents, they said they, they had, they were, they didn't know whether I was going to achieve anything because I was a little bit, I wouldn't say off the rails, but. I perhaps was not as... I don't believe that. I'm sorry. No way. <laughs> Fuck off. There's no way I believe that. No, but they... So they'll, they'll say, share it with me now and they'll go, look, you. we always ne- needed to make sure that... Or, or had doubts that you would do... You know, you'd, you'd be achieving because of your... Um, sometimes your, your attention would, would move into the wrong things. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, but that, that's fair enough. That's just the kind of misdemeanors of youth. But look, they pushed me towards the sciences. I had no interest in sciences at all. Um, and I don't don't get me wrong, it wasn't like they'd sit there with a chapel in their hands saying you're going to have to study, you know, biology, chemistry and physics. <laughs> I'm sorry, but with Marty, I could see that happening. <laughs> but carry on. But um, it was, you kind of, it's gentle pushes and like, oh, you'll thank, it's, it's almost like a mentality of you'll thank us later. Yeah. Um, but if you're, if, if the, clearly that's not where your head is, then you know then it, it's it, you're not gonna you're not gonna apply yourself in the way that you're that you would do if you were if you were truly doing something that you were passionate about mm. so yeah like many you kind of push down the route 
I know, I know loads of people who um, went to university, young Asians who had no aspiration to do anything in the subjects that they were pushed down. I mean, some of them did it because they fancied a bit of a DOS. A lot of them did it because they kind of felt that they had to justify to their parents. Some of them did it because they thought it would improve their marriage chances. But no, you know, no real genuine thought about, look, this is my passion. This is what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to connect with people. And this is what I see myself doing in five years time. It was a bit, bit of a shit show, to be honest, I think, for, for a lot of people. But yeah, so that, that gentle nudging, I think, starts to make you do things that or certainly think that this is the way, this is what I should be doing. Um, and you don't always have the courage or the conviction to say, actually, no, you get it eventually. But, you know, after wasting, wasting a lot of time. Yeah. So does, so obviously you did law first. Yeah. Was that, was your intention? So would you say, obviously your parents had sciences, but was that your sort of, so how did you then go from sciences to law? It's, I, I suppose it was a stepping stone because, you know, surprise, surprise, it's another one of those vocations that make gives parents you an escape, proud. your parents make, makes your parents proud and you want, and gives you an escape plan. Yeah. Um, but actually, one thing I did know was that only 30% of law graduates go into law. Really? Yeah, it's just people use it and they think there's some transferable skills. The rest of them just... Uh work in coffee shops i'm joking that yeah, was a joke yeah. oh, I'm, and, I'm and, and fantastic baristas too um, yeah. but yeah so so yeah I, and i did think it, very quickly i realized i'm not going to become a lawyer but i thought this is going to be a good means to an end um but honestly even at that stage i was pretty lost um i often reflect and think if i'd had the right advice the right role models um and people who were perhaps more experienced and understanding I might not even have gone to university straight away. I might have gone straight into kind of working in businesses, understanding them from the ground up, and then gone and studied. See, that's that's my other, that was my, I was going to have this point with you and have this discussion with you as well. So my first podcast, when we were talking about uni, me and Ali, um, we discussed the benefits of university and whether it's actually any use to people who study let's say business because in my personal opinion from the experience that i've had absolutely useless because first of all again this might be because of what we're going to talk about the challenges of being a brown guy or you know yeah yeah, brown guy with um a name which which obviously makes me stick out from other people right my full name so like i just think that that if I'd gone into working in a business first, as in a somewhere at a, like an apprenticeship level or something like that, I probably would have got further up the ladder. Obviously quicker because I would have had the experience, but I would have got je- uh, knowledge. I would have gained knowledge through the job role. For example, I don't... Honestly, I, don't, I just think having a like a business type course in uni is just it's pointless. Absolutely pointless. I think when you have job roles like um, law, um, you know, being a doctor, studying chemistry, those sciences, right? That's something that you need to go and learn through books and stuff. I don't think working, getting, you can't get any sort of business acumen from uni. That's the best way I can put it. You, You just, it's just a waste of time. 
in my personal opinion. Well, you, you've got you've got the experience. I'd say that that experience isn't going to be the same for everyone. You'd always go back to your arguments, which is some of the softer skills that you learned in university, the networks that you built, the connections that you made, the way that you learned to have meaningful conversations and relationships with people from all around the world. You didn't mm. realise it, but you were preparing yourself that's for the not world. worth. That's not worth nine grand a year. Well, did, well, if I said, well, you no, no, yeah. but you will learn the same things working in a business because more often than not, businesses, well, especially nowadays, they have a diversity quota where you have to have a certain amount of people in there from all over the world. You're going to learn it. You will learn it at some point. Yeah, but remember that in, it's still a door opener to have a degree. It I'm is. always, I'm not, I'm never going to argue that it's not a good thing to have an education. But what I would say is you've got to do it at the right time. So. I'm dead keen to go back to uni and do a diploma. So I'm not going to do a full-time course, hmm. but I, I know that there's a real, I'm now said serious about learning. Um, and there are th sometimes I look at certain courses at certain universities in certain very specific topics. And I think I'd learn a lot there. And I, if I look at the course structure, like what, for example, give us an example. Um, so this, so I'm particularly interested in startups um, and there are loads of diplomas that you can do about um, startups and funding, um, yeah. um, building businesses with a social conscience, uh, very specific tight subjects where you'll do maybe three days a month um, and then some coursework alongside it and you'll get a diploma at the end of it. I mean, a lot of these things aren't very cheap, but they're international. Sometimes they've got kind of you go to Tokyo or something alongside it. And if you really if it's in something that you're very, very keen to do have a an enhanced knowledge on then you're going to love it it's not going to feel like studying it's going to feel like really being being in in, in a in a place that you've got a passion mm. um and i want to do that and i want to have that learning kind of growth mindset again but yeah going back to my earlier point kind of stumbling and fumbling your way into university courses um which lots of us did um i mean i had lots of mates that didn't finish uni um because they just couldn't kid themselves. Um, mm. you, you do, you can't, if your heart's not in it, eventually you stop applying yourself. And I, I knew loads of people that didn't get through year two um, or, or kind of, one guy was in doing a three year course for five years and then just dropped out. Um, yeah. Never made it. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that, I suppose that's one thing. The, um, you know the uni the uni experience look if you're a doctor or you're a dentist you, your whole vocational path is built around your end game which is going to be working in a hospital or a gp surgery or dental surgery yeah um you as soon as you've qualified there are opportunities for you to go and you know there's a career path um, you'll go and be allocated hospitals or you'll, you'll go and work for a, um, a pharmacist or whatever if that's what you've done. Or, yeah. you know, if you're a lawyer, you have to go and do an LPC or do the bar and get, get a training contract, which yeah. is very hard. But, you know, it's, it's, very, it's very set. When, when you've suddenly made a decision that you want to go and do something um, in, in a kind of the commercial world, you're, you're a bit stuck, to be honest. Um, there, there were very, very few people that um, I certainly met that had such a laser focus on understanding what it is they wanted to do. 
Yeah. Like there was there, there was a guy I knew that said, look, it's got to be in sports. You know, he was really, really he was, um, he, he, on the side, he was training. Uh, he was a good enough footballer to be amateur. Mm. On the side, he was doing all of his training courses as well. He was a youth coach. But he said, look, I'm going to do business, but it's got to be in the field of sport. So he spent all of his spare time kind of doing um, work experience and part-time courses for people like football clubs and the FA. So he had his, he had a real, real laser focus on his goal. But for a lot of people, I have to say the majority, when they did end up working in the corporate world, where they've ended up today is by accident. It's where they managed to get a job. Yeah. And that led to something else and that led something to something else and... You know, they suddenly became a specialist in an area, but it was never, it was never done as a, as a kind of deliberate kind of life plan. And I think that goes back to some of the issues we faced, I think, when we were younger, which is, look, no one was giving you the kind of advice, which is, you know, asking, not asking questions like, you know, have you done your study, but what are you enjoying? Yeah. What have you got? What are you, what gives you energy? You know, it's, and it's great now because I see it with, um, with like younger nephews and nieces and stuff that's the kind of questions they're getting asked is what are you enjoying in school because if you're enjoying something then do that yeah it might be a bit of a spark there you know there might be something there that you can do no one's no one's really kind of religiously kind of following that mad work ethic that they were kind of throwing at us and yeah so you know that that i think that's an echo of that which is people just fumbling around and i'm sure you you had people at your age had the same experience i think that I think my generation is the generation where that started to filter out when you started to get asked because it went from you being told study, study, study to then you being an older family member to me who's been through uni and been through education then saying to me, what do you enjoy? That's where the, I think that's where it started. I think it's people who are of your generation who, who actually started that for you know, and let's say, for example, your brother, he knows what it's like. He knows it's hard. He's not forcing his kids to study, study, study. He's saying, what do you enjoy? Do that. Do what you're good at. Do what you enjoy sort of thing, rather than what he was probably told, which is work, 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 work. So, yeah, that's, you know, I, I, it was half and half for me because I, my parents, not my parents, one of my parents, parents is old school um we know which one i'm not gonna start shaming them not shaming them but not gonna start saying which one and you know okay let's be honest it was my dad because it always is the dads i think mums are a bit more soft and but it's dads you know it's like study 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 even now even to this day sometimes dad goes to me go do a master's and i'm like why i don't i don't want to study i don't don't have a he still forces education onto me sometimes like trying to say do this do that and like and what you said actually it and thinking about it now there is that part of um escapism where he's like you know you need to have more than one skill set let's say it's not so much as in study it's uh get another skill set study something else do this but it's a masters but i feel like i couldn't do a masters now because I don't have, there is nothing that I would want to study unless it was something like marketing with sports, let's say, like you said, sports orientated, something like that, then I probably would, but I couldn't do it. No, and I, and I, you know, I want, I want to have on record that I don't want this to be a conversation that suggests that the generate, my, my parents' generation 
did us a disservice. No, they didn't. Because actually, they pushed us and did remarkable things to, to enable us to be educated. But more importantly, they're the ones that had it even worse than we did. Oh, you yeah. Know, yeah. There was a generation 100%. that came to this country, a lot of them with degrees, yeah. you know, who were told that their degrees didn't matter at all. Both my parents had degrees and, yeah. were, you know, and ended up working in um, factories, first of all. And um, I, so many stories of, of, of uncles and things who who came to this country and would cry in their eyes out. And they said, look, I'm a, like a chemistry teacher or something and I'm sitting here now and I'm shoveling cement. Yeah. Um, you know, and they, they, their experiences were horrific. Yeah. Um, so if, if they suddenly, if they had this kind of um, panic mentality that our kids better have a safe and secure future and the way they do that is by having a very narrow education in only a certain number of areas hmm. then the reason they did that is because they thought that p- people would end up on the street without food to eat yeah so you know it's i've got to i've got to kind of correct of course it, no 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 it that, doesn't that, make it right but that's it why yeah it doesn't I, I i don't get me wrong like i know that parents back then were you know do work like very forceful but that it's only because of and i do understand at the same time it's because of their experiences what like you said, what they've experienced. They've come from India, wherever, wherever they're from. It's not just, it's not just Asians. It's you know, people from all over the world, all over Asia, Middle East, whatever you know, Africa, wherever. Just as long as they're not from here, you know, immigrants. Let's say that's is that the right word? Can we use that word? Is that politically yeah, think, correct? Yeah, you can. Um, I'll fuck that anyway. Yeah, as I was saying. Yeah, and uh, and actually, when I, so I, I, I'm lucky, and I'm because now we're old enough a lot of the people i speak to who are my age and not just asians like you said people from all parts of the world but they're second generation immigrants they've all they have got similar stories to tell um and uh it is what's comforting is even if they're from i don't know algeria or they're from um you know even some other countries that are perhaps more similar to the uk that kind of second generation immigrant mentality and <clears throat> some of the baggage that you carry with it is is the same yeah well moving on from that because i think we're st- sticking too too much onto that <clears throat> sorry and i know no, no, that, it, and it's easy to get stuck it on is no it's very it's easy such, we, a, yeah, such a hotbed of a yeah, topic it is it is and yeah. um, hopefully you can come back for a part two at some point and we can carry on about that yeah. um yeah so you were you were talking about challenges and, and that work. you faced yeah because obviously so with being an Asian man, obviously finding work is not easy. It never is because, let's be honest, even though there is a what's it a diversity quota which companies have to fill in. No, fill I'm going to correct you on that. I don't think there's um, there's no there's no real diversity quotas. What there are now is much more measurement on uh, things like. Um, gender balance and remuneration Mm -hmm. and also um the percentage of your workforce so if you're a big company what you don't want to be is like 100 percent white and there's 50 percent pay gap between men and women because that's just a bad look yeah (coughs) there's a little bit of i think um just measuring it means that people change um but yeah, so I know, I know what you're referring to. So how's it, is, is it difficult to get a job when you're young and Asian? Oh yeah, of course it was. Yeah. Um, Especially, well, like I said, back in your time, because you were, you know, it was diff- I'd say more difficult then. Yeah, Don't get me wrong, it was difficult for me, but carry on. No, and it, and it was, it was difficult. Um, 
did I ever feel like I went to an interview and was refused because of my background? Mm, not really. But I don't know how many times... I'm just going to sit back, by the way. You're, you're asking yourself questions and answering them, so go ahead. <laughs> um, but if I... Uh, how many times did my CV get rejected because someone looked at the name and thought, oh, I don't know if they're going to fit around here. Um, now, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. They call it unconscious bias or conscious bias in, in some cases. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, but it was hard. Um, but, you know, I got there in the end. Uh, but yeah... I think one of the other things that's really clear is, look, how many people got a job because they knew someone? Uh, a lot of people. Exactly. Now, if you remember what I said at the start, which is, look, I came from a generation where my predecessors, where they'd done well in a in kind of inverted commas, had done well not necessarily in the corporate world. So who, who was I going to network with? Yeah. To go and say, yeah, can you sort me out with a job in the city or, you know, go and get me a job for the automotive industry or whatever it was, or whatever my passion was at the time. You you did, you were reliant on yourself. Um, and it's only when you speak to people who, you know, who are, who are your peer group, who are white, and you say, well, how did you get your first job? And a number of times I came back and said, yeah, it's because my uncle knew this person or my, you know, my neighbor my was that. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. dad, yeah. You know, it, so I think we always had that as a bit of a, a bit of an additional kind of hurdle. Disadvantage, yeah. yeah. But, you know, we I got there in the end. Um, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go on to uh, a challenge, which is probably the major one. Um, and I don't think, I don't think the next generation will suffer suffer as much. But you all, look, we, we, we all went through the UK education system. Um, we all kind of went through university, perhaps, and enjoyed life and at that stage nando's had just arrived so we all had nando's as a common thing in our lives um you know and we went and we're pretty you know like the same football clubs and go to the same bars and so you're you're not an alien when you're working for these companies but there's no doubt that when you were there you did feel different um yeah and then you, you you start to unpick it and you go what why am i different it's because your your background your the different kind of social cues that you have as a person because of how you grew up and what you did is different and you don't have that kind of commonality. Um, and, you know, the number of times that I, I've i chatted to someone and said, do you remember the first time that you were taken to, I don't know, like a Michelin-style restaurant um, or a fine dining experience? And they're like, yeah. And, you know, there's an element of etiquette. There's an element of how you present yourself. And it's not like we're animals, don't get me wrong, but you... You know, my family wasn't taking me to Saint-Tropez on holiday when I was growing up. You know, it's just <laughs> Our holidays were going back to India, yeah, seeing the family, yeah, and then coming back. Yeah. Which is, okay, look, I think back in the day, I don't, no one liked it, but when you think about it now, it's probably some of the best things you could have done because you learn so much from a cultural expect, uh, perspective. Otherwise, if we were, which we, well, when... Um, you're born here there is that element of will you lose that cultural connection you should have with your roots let's say yeah but remember when I when I joined businesses it was limiting to openly appear different oh of course of and, course this is this differences is the... weren't celebrated and encouraged so now you, they just, are. you just wanted to assimilate yeah um, 
and, and, and actually, I I shared a lot of these kind of stories and uh, experiences with working class people as well. Because ultimately, we were all working class. We, we were, we'd all come back from, from, you know, Asians weren't necessarily born with silver spoons in their mouth. Even if their parents had done well in business, it was still predominantly a working class background. Mm-hmm. And you'd, you'd have a lot a lot of very similar experiences and you could relate to people who'd come from really impoverished backgrounds because they, they didn't have all of those social cues as well when they when they ended up in big businesses. Mm-hmm. That's that was quite comforting. Um, yeah. But yeah, you did there's no doubt about it. So in those days and I see it now because I've been involved in so many different diversity boards where you know we it, there's a day to celebrate all sorts of things like iftar um so when ramadan was being broken i, I know of a business where say it properly bro don't say it. So iftar you know yeah. there's um there are businesses that now will have events so that um they can they can break fast with all colleagues yeah um and in all in all things whether it's um particularly in 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 gender um um uh, LGBT matters as well. Businesses are really, really, you know, they've got people, they've got whole teams are employed to make sure that their um, their policies and are not just discriminating, but they're actively making sure those places are safe and um, uh, progressive places to work. But we are none of that. Okay, yeah. we, we were we were in places where um, you, if you were unlucky, and in certain industries, racism was still rife and open. In some senses, even worse, it always sat below the surface. And, mm-hmm. you know, my personal experiences were the more senior I got, the more I'd look around and say, I'm the only person here who's got a tan, yet alone um, is from a, an ethnic background. But you know what? You, you're talking about um, saying now that, you know, workplaces are more culturally accepting, let's say. I think that's just because of the way times have changed. And, and because, again, I've had this conversation a few times with some old school friends. Even when you go to school, like, I think now there is more of an acceptance of other cultures, religions and faiths, you know, because when I was in school, it was, you stood out like a sore thumb. Like, you know, unless you went to a, predominantly asian area i.e south or Hayes, these kind of places where where there were more you know let's say non-white english people Mm. i'm not going to say white people because there's different types of white people you know you can be from eastern european eastern european you can be any from anywhere right Mm. when you go where so you went no you went hampton didn't you Mm. so so your brother went to teddington yeah i went to teddington I haven't seen it now, but I feel like now it would be a lot more culturally accepting of other people than it would be when I went to school. I think that's what you're talking about now is, isn't is a a change in, a fundamental change in businesses, but more society. They have to sort of conform with society and, you know, see, what, see what's changing around them and, and they have to sort of, Stick with it. Do you know what I mean? No, and to give to give the world of the commercial world and the corporate world a bit of credit here, they're far more progressive than governments are. Um, big big businesses are much more affirmative in the way that they support all minorities, 
Um, they won't. I, I don't know a big business has got any narrative about people wearing burkas, veils, and turbans, or um, or, or people who, um, you know, uh, being openly transphobic. No business would do that. It's because they've developed, you know, they've developed a sense of morality. I think that's going to stick now. So it'll be interesting actually, because if if the corporate world's gone ahead of government, I'm hoping that it doesn't regress, and certain businesses come back and say, well, actually. In, there's enough people that don't support that opinion and say I don't want anyone wearing a turban at work. You know, it, we, we live in a in a relatively liberal place in the UK. If you go to other places, even America, you know, there are certain parts of there yeah, you'd be shocked. You'd be there, shocked at how bad they are. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it was the best comment ever, someone ever said to me. Like, and it was actually my boss who was a uh, he was an English guy, and he said, "Look, if you look around there, Dev, he goes." Everyone's pale, male, and stale, and it was always stuck with me that one. Yeah, makes makes sense. Serious question now, right? Um, so you were saying about a conscious bias when you look at, uh, let's say, a CV or something like that. Do you be totally honest? Do you think that exists? Because I personally think it does. Because I feel like I struggle to get jobs because of my name. Simply my name. Because, for example, look, I think you were not... I'm not going to say lucky because I love my name. What, you know, the meaning behind it, everything else, right? But when Marcy Mustard named you and Paul, yeah. you had the... And I, who was it that was telling me this? Someone was telling me that... The, the, never do that again. <laughs> it's fine, don't it happens. Anyway, um, you, your parents were quite now I don't want to say I don't want to say clever because I'm not going to say people who name their kids with um pronounceable cultural, names yeah yeah pronounceable yeah, they, yeah. They, they just they, they thought ahead of the curve for that time let's say and gave you two pronounceable names by people who were uh, they, they, they look at your obviously Devraj Dylan doesn't really sound English, but it, it, it's easier to pronounce. Whereas if you had my CV come through the door of Sarpa Sidhu, you'd be like, you know, look, my my dad's open about it. He did it because he knew. Yeah, yeah, and I and I'm the same. I, and you know, I've I've got two kids, and I've intentionally given them ambiguous names that you couldn't um, you couldn't attach to a certain ethnicity because. And you've done that in mind, knowing. See, this is what I mean. That means that I think for me proves of the fact what you said earlier on. We said I want to discuss this now. The conscient, what do you call it? Con- so there's two. So a conscious bias is where someone says, yeah. "I've looked at that. Nah, not for me. Sounds ethnic." Okay. Yeah. Unconscious bias, which I the better phrase I prefer is mirroring. Okay. Right. So human beings tend to look at people that are similar to them, and naturally have an affiliation for people that are like them. Okay. I don't know yeah. why evolution has done this. But um, there is a reason why. So, for left- example, the ex- sorry, the example of that would be if you saw someone, you know, with an Asian name, you'd be like, okay, they're like me. I'm going to give them a chance. Yeah. Or yeah, not you, give them a chance. Exactly. And, and we all we all we're all guilty of it. But it, it's and you and you'll see famous pictures of, you know, like I don't know, like a big political event or something, which is global. Or you'll see um, a boardroom or something, and you look around and you go, "Oh my God, they're all the bloody same. They're all the same age group. They've probably all got a similar educational background. Um, they probably all went to the same schools or kind of mixed in the same circles. Um, there's, they do things in order to um, 
that unconscious bias means that you end up hiring yourself. Hmm. Uh, and there, you know, and that. I mean, the crazy thing is, it's evidentially proved that the worst thing businesses can do is not have diverse boards. But they don't. Well, they are it's, now. They're now beginning to. But, but how how diverse are they realistically? Be honest. Not enough. Not enough. That's my point. No, and you know the 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 biggest one that needs to be overcome is women. First of all, yeah, because half the population is certainly not represented in half of half of boardrooms and kind of key decision decisions. But I know lots of businesses that I'm fixing that on purpose. I was looking at something on earlier on, and um, this is a website called yourprimerecruitment.com. Yeah, and they've got stats and stuff of corporate worlds. Two thirds of FTSE 100 companies have all white executive leaderships. And 3.5% of senior executives come from a B, BAME background. Yep. That's nothing. That's shocking. That just, that, but see, that, that goes to the point of as much as we move forward and whatever else, there is still this conscious or unconscious bias. And I, I would say that's more conscious, really, because you're looking at someone and you're going, I don't want you here. Yeah, and I look. I'm because the only way people are going to get into the board boardroom is you can't just jump into a boardroom. You always work your way through, right? Unless you own the business. Yeah, and I I'm gonna uh, my and this, all of this is only instinctive. Um, no one's ever going to say to you you're not going to get to that position because of the color of your skin and who you are. But I have definitely been in roles and positions where I've thought I've hit my ceiling here. There's nowhere else I'm going to go, and it's not. It's because unconsciously, there is there is something there that's going to say we don't trust him. Um, and I know it's weird, but it's just a feeling that you get, and you think, yeah, you know. But but I'm going to I'm going to tell you something other that's a bit that's a bit weird. So I've now started to see a bit of a trend where in Indian, as in from India, yeah, senior executives who've crossed the pond and have got highly educated highly motivated seem to be doing unbelievable things in businesses across the world and not just that seem to be um kind of getting into really senior positions quite quickly yeah now i'm not i'm not going to belittle that because i think what they bring is unique life experiences educationally i think some of these people because of where they've studied you know the level of competitiveness what they've achieved automatically puts them in like the top 1%. Um, so these these guys are remarkable. But there is something different about someone that was brought up in, I don't know, Isleworth with brown skin versus someone that was brought up in Delhi and came across with an MBA. And they, they, there is a difference there as well in the way they get treated. How? Do you mean they get... Tr- so are you trying to say that someone from Delhi would get treated better or worse? Yeah, just I think they're seen as... Better? Yeah, absolutely i think they're now this this sounds really this might sound really fucking stupid right but do you think there is an element of because india is a developing country let's say do you think there is an element of they've they'll have a better i want to say this might not be true at all a better work ethic they've they've got something there's some what do you think it is then that makes that difference where Someone from a developing country with a with a, with a high edu- high education higher education, um, you know, would 
would have a better opportunity than someone from here with a higher education. I mean, I'd be, I'd be interested to see whether anyone's really looked at this um, in a proper kind of academic sense. But it could be that these guys are just brilliant, that India has just produced the most remarkable kind of cohort of um, business geniuses, which yeah. is a distinct possibility. But it's still, my hunch is still that for a lot of businesses, they see an Asian face with a, a Cockney accent or a Brummy accent and it remind them of the kids that they went to school with um, and they're different and they're a little bit lower than we are. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. But then, yeah. See, this is one thing, one word I took out of uni when I was doing my course, which was um, institutional racism. Yeah, and any and I was a very glass half full kind of rainbow colored isn't it wonderful don't really experience too much racism on a day-to-day basis person but then when your eyes start to get opened up a little bit you realize that you don't have to go too far to see it to see it yeah i mean we've got some i mean today uh, when i'll i'll talk about this so education is institutionally racist in this country mm-hmm. so in today in the news they were saying that black children are disproportionately reprimanded versus other uh, um, ethnicities because they seem to be less innocent and older than they are right can you just say that again i got completely lost so so black children yeah are reprimanded yeah more than other ethnicities because a teacher will look at them and their perception will be that that individual is older than they are and less innocent. Wow. I think, well, yeah. I I mean, I've seen that because I've seen back in the day when I was in school. You know, you always have, like, every school has, like, those couple kids who are just troublemakers. Mm. Like, I know some kids that got away with, like, racist comments in classrooms and whatever else and like really bad ones as well right and they got away with it back then but what the fuck was that sorry i don't know if anyone heard that on the mic but it sounded like i think there's a bird on top of the shed or is that you moving no that's either an alien from uh oh don't be stupid it's a fucking (laughs) it's something on top of the shed anyway um yeah, they would just like, they would just say the most, the darfest thing, they'd do the stupidest things, but they got chance after chance in school, where other kids, they just didn't get the chance. And the other kids who didn't get the chance were black. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but the institutional racism is, it's a bitch. No, and look, I'm, I'm 42 years old and I did a very good job of hiding every time I faced something that was racist. But I don't know whether it's. But do you not think it should have been called up when you were when you okay? So when in your time, I know it was a bit different back then. Now people don't stand for shit. Now it's a bit more like stand up for yourself, blah blah blah, in society in general. But do you not think back then there should have been not education, but that sort of it's you standing up for yourself when you heard something or standing up for other people and and. Or do you think that then, if you had done that back then, 
would have really messed your chances up within the company. I look. Be honest as well. Th- like, th- there's a danger, I think, in applying. We're not mentioning companies. So you no, can no, say I know, I know. But there's always a danger in applying modern standards to bygone times. Okay. Um, one, I think it can send you down a bit of a rabbit hole, and yeah. secondly, it can be mentally damaging because you start to think, "What else could I have done?" But you can only deal with the cards that you're dealt. And uh, so, and it, it might have been locked down and, you know, you get a bit more time to kind of think. More recently, I thought, I've reflected and thought, bloody hell, there are a few times where people were a little bit close to the mark. And I remember, not, sometimes not in a in a, uh, a particularly vicious way, but, you know, you get them in a corner and they're very keen to highlight difference. So mm. I remember once... I was out with a colleague who I have to say is a really dear friend, someone who I got to know and had so much, so many good times with. And then once he sat me down and said, this was when we'd had a bit to drink, and he said, so, he goes, so, he goes, Dev, what are you? He goes, you're just, you're just like one of us. Yeah. And, you know, his intentions were good, but it was, he just, he was just confused. You know, and he had obviously confused been... Confused dwe- how though? What I do don't you know, he'd been dwelling on his mind. And this was a well-travelled guy who'd, who was not, he, he, didn't, he didn't come from like a small village in like Suffolk or something. You know, this was, this was a guy who travelled the world and he'd still, he'd still had that attitude of, look, there's a guy with a brown skin who likes going out with us, having a laugh and, you know, he's to all intents and purposes very much like us, but how is that possible? That because you've got that amazing white person. I know, class. I know. He, yeah, I, I did a bit of Carlton Banks on him. No, but it's just, it was, it was, um, yeah, and I thought, you know, at the time I didn't think it. And then there was another one where, um, when I just had a baby girl, and, I, and I, I said, this is my baby girl's name, and someone at work for said, oh, that's an interesting name. You, you people don't normally give names like that. Did you not look at him and go, sorry? I think at the time I had a bit of a double take, and I thought, nah, she didn't just say that. Um, oh, she? It was a woman. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it was a woman. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and and going back a little bit further, I did early on in my career have um, a manager who uh, I think who was a couple of levels above me, who said who I think started uh, started to take the piss a little bit until I took him out. I took him aside and said that I'd have absolutely no issue beating the crap out of him, um, and he never did anything after that. What did he do though to to get that reaction out of you? Because you're not like that at all. No, but he'd um he was he'd, he'd have conversations and he'd say he'd call you a prick or something. Um, yeah, he would a prick. He would. He'd call you a prick. Uh, he said, "Don't." He's been a prick about this, and uh, but not in a happy, jolly way. Yeah. Um, and I think he enjoyed the fact that there was someone who was brown that he could order around a little bit. And I'm very good. I'm, I'm, an, I'm a good, solid, obedient worker. But then I eventually, I'll take him outside and, say, and I'll say his name. I'll say, Mark, look, as much as um, I enjoy working for this business, I don't enjoy working for it enough to take any abuse. But, oh, but, when, you but said prick, I, when you said But I also sexual. said, if, before I leave, I will leave you with a broken nose. Yeah. So people did stand up for themselves. Though. But when, 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 see, when you said he said stuff, I thought you were going to say, when when you said prick, I wasn't thinking. You know, he didn't I go around thinking, saying, you know, bud bud ding ding ting ninety nine or anything. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to turn around and go, oh, you know, stop being a packy or something like that. Because we, 
No, but it was clear that he thought, I'm going to be a brown kid and I'm going to see if I can push his buttons. Yeah. And but I do you feel like it. he did that with you more than others? Or oh, yeah, it? yeah. But it didn't, so that's it didn't why have, you yeah. felt it more than, rather yeah. than he was saying, being like that with everyone, he was like that more yeah. with you. Yeah, he was very happy when I left. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Okay, now I see what you're saying. Yeah. But... I, but let me let me just say one thing. Look, I don't want to look. I've I'm I'm in a I've enjoyed my time, and I'm very conscious that I've managed to as much as you still kind of think there are times that you might have been held back. I look at people who are from an ethnic minority and a woman, and I think, my God, they've got the cards stacked against them. Um, you know, you, you, and I know it's not always a good thing to think. Well, actually, at least my situation is not as bad as theirs. But you do have to take a little bit of comfort from the how how an ethnic minority woman has managed to achieve things in the corporate world over the last twenty years is miraculous. I think that you know, fair enough. Yeah, I, I can't. I have nothing to say to that apart from I completely agree. Yeah, it's I mean, very hard. Yeah, we've it's hard enough for me. Yeah. Let alone, you know, there's still this thing about pay gaps. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. Question I wanted to ask you, right? We're talking about um, conscious bias or unconscious, unconscious. Help me out here. Unconscious bias. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm not stupid, by the way. I've just um, a couple drinks in. Anyway, um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, unconscious bias. Yes, there we go. Thank you. Um, be honest now here. Have you ever... Because uh, you've been in a hiring role before. Yeah. Have you ever if, looked at someone's CV and gone, no. Be honest. Like, no one's going to know who, who... No one's going to know who it is. We're not going to say names. Be completely honest now. Because... Okay, look. We can sit here all day and say white people this you know english people this whatever but we have to be honest it's it's not just them like it, there are companies now which are started by asians black people whatever and they will look at other people you know more than more likely white people and not give them a job because of what they've experienced and it's and, it's, and i'm not saying you know I'm not sticking up for anyone here, but I'm just saying I don't think having a tit for tat mentality is not isn't good. So no, saying no, I, that, you know, what? I'm I'm gonna I am gonna give myself a little bit of a slap on the wrist because I have been heavily involved in graduate recruitment for for years. You never gave me a job when I asked for one. <laughs> um, carry on. And I and it's a personal bias, but whenever I came across people and they were not good communicators, okay. Um, it turned me off. Now, when you say not good communicators, what do you mean? Because as you can see, sometimes I get very caught up in my own words. Would I count? Be honest. No, with you, and would I'm not I count talking about person? people who stumble across their own words. But if the, let's say if they're a little bit street in the way that they're coming across, yeah. And I'm like, you know, it, 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 you, you know, you're going to get that everywhere now because this, I know. But this, my point is, like, I know you don't like it, but. This was my point about uni when we did the first podcast, by the way. Go listen to that, people. Quick plug. Um, if you're listening to this for the first time and if you listen to the other ones, thank you for listening. Anyway, um, yeah, like, uni now, it's just full of that. Yeah. And, and actually, 
and we're at we're at the stage now where what I'm saying is unacceptable. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, the way that people speak, whether it's colloquial, whether it's regional accents, whether it's use of language, has no determination upon their talent and their aptitude. But the Bromley accent, though, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Carry on. But when I'm when I'm surrounded by people who they're not neurons talking like this all the time in in work, but if I'm if I'm thinking, look, I've got to hire people here, and you know that at, <laughs> at the end of every I know sentence, you're trying to be really careful of what you're trying to say, yeah. but just say it how it is. This yeah. is the point of the podcast. You, you can't. You're not. You think to yourself, you're just not gonna. You know, people are just. You don't want to hear the word bravo in a corporate world, basically. No, it's not even that. It's like they're just going to sink. Yeah. And you know, and you know, I'm going to have to get over that. And I and I now one of the things I'm I've vowed to do is I'm never going to get um too involved in recruitment decision making. Yeah. Because I'm not sure I'm. Well, I'm not one. I don't know whether. So I've you got have that control. bias, then. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in so, control so, enough. So, regardless of whether it's uh, race, gender, whatever, else, you have a bias towards a certain type of people. Totally. And look, I'm, I'm, there are people I know who will have looked at a team and thought, "This is a really difficult, cutthroat team. They're a, a massively testosterone-filled. We're not going to put a woman in it." I know people have said that to me. Yeah. They said, "Look, that's just going to create more, a problem." But is when you say create a problem. Is that more of because the team will then, this testosterone-filled team, so-called testosterone-filled team, they're going to be absolute cunts to the to the lady? Or because, is it protection of the lady or protection of the guys? I have no idea. But whatever it is, it's garbage and nonsense. It's just, you know, and I've, yeah. I've you know, I've worked in businesses long enough to identify toxic behaviour. Yeah. Um from men and women and from ethnic minority from every type of person and it's, it's you know it's not you learn that teams need diversity they need a diversity of opinion diversity of skills diversity of experiences because you know everyone brings something different if they can shine a light on something slightly different because of where they come from yeah um, you know we, we we suffer today um, as a country because we've got a ruling class a government who all are from an incredibly narrow background so they don't understand things fucking like fucking retards the yeah, lot. Of they them. don't understand things like poverty or what it's like if you're in a bad place, not out of no fault of your own, because you've got you know circumstances that are worked against you. So they, they, we we all live with the problems of people that don't understand that it's nice having people with different backgrounds. Um, but I'm getting. I look. I'm, I I say that now. Look, you know, I'm. No one is refuting that now. No company. Um, with any credible HR policy is refuting that having, you know, people from different backgrounds is good. Some of them culturally can't deliver it yet. And there are some industries that struggle like construction, Um, you know, sport. How many, how many managers are there or people in senior positions in, um, of, of, um, from Asian backgrounds? There's only like, you know, I've uh, Asian players that actually, you can tell are Asian. I can't think of many. I think no, but I mean, look, you can talk about the talent pool, but football clubs should have in their management structure. There should be more representation of Asians. Yeah, I mean, there are clubs that are literally in the middle of Asian areas, like West Bromwich. 
Yeah. And yeah. So yeah. yeah. No, I agree. But then you're saying that about Asian representation, but they're just about getting black managers in. Yeah. This yeah. is the, yeah. the, the, the big yeah. thing that happened, you know, during the whole BLM movement and everything else. Yeah, totally. It's, totally. It, it brought light to these kind of things. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I can't, I don't, I don't have anything else to say, but I completely agree with you. These sort of industries now that, but okay, here's another question then. How long do you think it is, or do you think it will take for these industries then to move forward? You make the assumption that things move forward. Okay. To make... Okay. And, and the reason why I say that now... Well, okay. Is because if they will move forward and if they do, how long do you reckon it will take? Um, if that's the better it, question. It's, I'd say you, you can't... If, I'd, if you've grown up with a certain um, culture and bias, just because someone tells you that what you've been doing is wrong doesn't mean you change. What yeah. it needs is you to leave and your successor who's a bit more enlightened to come in and with none of those, with less of the, the bullshit in their head. So I think um, it will take 15 to 20 years to weed out um, some of the kind of... Stuck in their old yeah, school age yeah, people. Yeah, let, let the cobwebs, let the cobwebs go when there are more, there's more fresh talent brought through. Yeah. But the reason I said you assume that things go forward, uh, for the first time in my lifetime the last few years have started to feel like things can go backwards as well. Example, please. So you, look, I, when, you know, you, you, you develop a different perspective on things when, um, when you've got children, because you feel like you've got more of a vested interest in the future. Uh, and I, when my, so my daughter's six, when she was born, I thought, I hey, you know what, she's going to grow up in a much, much better world where, you know, having a brown face and, you know, being being not white, Anglo-Saxon, British is not going to hold her back. But bloody hell, you just, you know, you were in a, a world yesterday or this week where 43% of the the vote in France was for a far-right party. Yeah. Okay. Um, we can't, we can't feel massively comfortable that we're just going to be a kind of bastion of openness and you know understanding it doesn't when things start going wrong it doesn't it doesn't take long for immigrants to be blamed for everything mm. and i don't and i'm not saying that that's going to start um, bleeding into the world of corporates but it bleeds into the hearts of individuals and it's people that run businesses not not businesses surely that's already been brought into the corporate world from you know you must have seen examples of it already oh yeah totally but it if 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 you start to see sycophants, you know, crazy people in positions of power, which kind of stopped a little bit in businesses, you know, really, there were some hilariously bad leaders who were bullies and, you know, did terrible things. But they, you know, a lot of them are gone. They're kind of dinosaurs. But if that type of leadership is embraced again and having alpha males who just talk bollocks and because they can learn how to shout and stamp their feet, people just kind of listen um, if that's what's happening in the world of other institutions like police and um, you know uh, governments and stuff like that, then why, why can't why can't it happen in a you know for the boss of a bank or something? Mm. You know, if it's, it, how can why is it why will it not be acceptable if that's what's happening in the wider world? So I don't want to be pessimistic, but don't always assume things will go um, 
forwards. I think, unfortunately, it might not move as quick as I thought it was going to. I still think it will move forwards. So, like I said, fifth, maybe let ten, fifth, let in the next ten to no, fifteen but, no, years we weedle out the idiots. But that's my point. It will move forward, but it will just take a lot of time. Yeah, that yeah. was my point. That was, see, that was my original question because you're saying it won't necessarily move forward. But my point is, if it does move forward, how long does it take? Yeah, like I said, like it'll 15, take it'll, it'll, it'll take let's say ten years for the people to to retire who yeah. are just idiots. Yeah, fair enough. Another question I wanted to ask, we, we said this before, I said to you, let's wait until we turn the microphone on, which was when we were talking about um, lack of opportunities for um, ethnics, let's say. Ethnics, I love the way you said that. What else, can, what else can I say? It's like, a, it's, like, it's like a football fan would say, there's too many ethnics at the club now. <laughs> yeah, basically like that. Um people okay people from an ethnic background yeah, yeah. ethnic minority ethnic you minority. know even Bain is unsure about that as a term by the way I saw this thing right um, it was a video so this thing I saw this video and someone had gone through the question of should black people and Asian people be put together in the same category no exactly that's what I mean I think that person was completely co- correct because the experiences we've had in this country, they're similar in terms of um, hundreds of years ago. Well, not hundreds, but yeah. Hundreds of years ago, actually, yeah. I'm right in saying that. Our countries were um, under the British Empire, under the rule of British Empire. But a- apart from that, when when it comes to when they come here, there was a lot of there's a lot of difference in how we were treated compared to black people because we thought we had it bad. Let's be honest. No, and I, I look, I'll, I'll go a stage further. I don't even think Asian makes sense. So if you look, if you look at statistically, the um, in terms of uh, the performance and ethnic background, uh, people of a uh, Bangladeshi heritage are l- the lowest performers. Okay, and then it doesn't help. I think doesn't help. Um, f- fix things for the better if you've got these massively loose um, kind of ways of categorising people. What do you mean by um, performing? Sorry. Can you so, so results. GCSEs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the community, you know, it's, the difference is off the scale. Hmm. And, and it's, it's nothing, to, it's not an intelligence thing. It's, uh, it's about impoverishment and, you know, living in areas where the opportunity is limited. Yeah. So yeah, uh, see, because I thought that question, I was like, thought that question about um, the BAME community. Let's say it shouldn't be like that at all. It, it it's completely the experiences we've faced compared to black people are a lot different as a brown person, and I wouldn't say we've necessarily had it better, but it's been a. It, very different case. Very different case, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my other question. Sorry, I was talking about... Um, I went into something else. Um, my question to you before about, you know, the lack of hiring back in the day, whatever, of... Um, I'm going to stick with BAME because that's how it is right now. Um, you know, or ethnic minorities. Does Do you think that's what led to so many... Um, 
businesses yeah. being open, especially within Asian communities, because we, I think, especially let's say, people of my age, I know have business, not I know have businesses, but they they tend to have businesses or they work in a family business rather than like me. I went into a family business, but not that I didn't get the chances. I had chances. I just did not get on my managers. Mine is a different case. But I know for a fact that some, you know, but where I wanted to work in, let's say, I wanted to work in marketing, never got a job in marketing. No matter how much I tried, how long I ever tried for, nearly two years, I think I tried, never got anywhere. Had interviews, I had people, I had people set, help me set up, Nim helped me with an interview. She, she got me an interview somewhere. Went there, nothing. I don't know whether that was me that didn't come across right, whatever it was, but that actually, and my, then my experience working, I wouldn't say in a corporate, but in, just in a job, let's say, in a, in, a, in a firm, in a business, whatever else, actually led me to my own family business. That makes sense. And I think that's why this is, you know, when you see a lot of Asians especially, they have their own businesses. And it's more is not your generation, your generation as well, but the generation above you. Yeah, totally. Because they never got that opportunity. No, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to... There's no question here. I'm just, by the way, I was just, no. um, I just want to talk No, and you're, you're, I would say you're 100% correct. And I know people from the generation before me who even had corporate jobs and were treated so shit that they ended up setting up their own businesses. Yeah. So you're, yeah, I, I don't, it's undeniably true. I think... Um, do you think... Oh, okay, serious question. Do you think, as Asians, we have a... Almost like a crafty business acumen within our DNA, let's say, to... to, to, to it, if we don't get on in um, the corporate world, quote-unquote, that not we can very easily, but we can find a way to fend for ourselves and let's say start up our own businesses because no i don't think there's anything in our not dna but yeah, do you know no, what i mean no but, but just generally within the no but you're it's it's going back to some of the stuff i was talking about earlier if you're surrounded by role models with people that have done it the networks the kind of ways to do it already exist hmm. um following someone else's path it's you know there's no you're not you're not a pioneer you're treading on the on the footsteps that someone's, you know, a few hundred thousand people have already done it. So it's, it, you know, it was hard setting up a business for the people that came here, you know, 50, 60 years ago. But, you know, and I'm not, not belittling anyone that's done it now. It's the hardest thing to do. But you, we, we've, our communities have done enough of it now hmm. to make people feel confident that they can do it. Yeah. Um, but saying that is how diverse are those businesses and what they are. You know, that is, I suppose, is one of the things I wanted to talk about when it comes to the future, really. It's what I'd hope to see is people, um, it's, I mean, the, the, the number of startups in the UK is astonishing. But what I want to see is Asians leading those types of startups rather than in the traditional businesses that their parents were involved with. Um, or or ethnic businesses that are only marketed towards kind of Punjabi community or whatever it is. Yeah, no, no, but you know, like it's it's 
you know, it, you 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 have an opportunity. You you work in a field, but how can you do that in a modern contemporary way? Yeah. Rather than just saying my parents have done it this way, I'm just going to follow that business model and do it that way as well. My personal experience is is um, not. Maybe I'm getting your sort of thoughts wrong, but. <clears throat> Me and my pops sometimes clash because of the way the business... He wants to run it and how I want to run it. Hmm. I mean... Yeah, but you, you can incrementally chip away at it. Ooh. Yeah, small, I'm sure there are small little victories, little changes you can make. And then there's some of Sometimes those, there are. Yeah. Those, if you, but that takes yeah. a, lot of, a lot of persuading and it also, actually, I will say this, takes um, the help of my old brother because... If, because, okay, for me, I'm I'm actually very thick when it comes to the family business, as in I don't know a lot as much as I should. I think not, I've learned about it, hmm. but not as much as I should. Maybe that's because I'm a bit lazy when it comes to yeah, it. Yeah, but then that. you learn the right to make changes. Yes. That's the thing. Yeah. Eventually, they'll trust you. That's the benefit of a few years of experience and yeah. respect of, when, of your knowledge. Hmm. I, don't know, I don't know. Look, uh, how many... Look, I'm from a background where we have family businesses and I know there's only, there's only ever really one boss. Um, it's, very, it's really very difficult to make changes. Yeah. It's true. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but I don't know. I think going forward, there are going to be, there will be a lot of changes in how businesses are run in general by Asians um, I, 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 look, I'm gonna gonna give you one of my one of my thoughts on this look if you're and this is just common sense if you're a business which is uh, an Asian ethnic business and your market is predominantly Asians and eth- ethnic that that particular group in this country your long-term future doesn't look too healthy to me why is that and it, and i i often look at the wedding industry um because it's a big industry and there are lots of people that make a lot of money mm-hmm. um doing all sorts of things from djing flowers table decorations catering cars you name it i mean we've we explode exploded and expanded that business um, so it was worth billions in this country. Yeah. Um, but whether it was the pandemic that accelerated it or the fact that um, I don't know a lot of youngsters that are under pressure to get married, um, uh, even the people I know that are getting married, their parents are supportive and then saying, don't spend so much money on my wedding, give me a money, money so I can put a deposit on my house. Mm. I, know a, 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 I know one and one coming up that is not even doing a function. They're just doing an under garage and that's it. They're not particularly religious. It's just they think, no, we don't want to do it. We don't want to do a showy thing just to, you know, celebrate with a load of people that we don't even know. I think, yeah, okay. What the, in a, I see what you're saying there because I yeah. think a lot of people now, I personally experienced a wedding recently. Again, like you said, they didn't want anything showy. Number one, because of we're still sort of coming out of the whole COVID thing. I would yeah. say that does affect it. And I think that's a huge effect on it. But... I'm not going to lie to you. It was a small thing 
like a very, when I say small thing, I mean it was just close friends and family after. One of the best parties I've been to. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need 700 people. No. But look, there'll still be all that kind of stuff. There'll still be an industry. It'll still be big. It will just be smaller. Um, you know, someone who, sometimes I see a business that comes out and they say, we want to sell, I don't know, branded merchandise which has got Punjabi branding on it and I'm thinking how big is really how big is the market going to be for that and what what I'm what do you mean by that by the way because go on, go on give me like an example so look if if I wanted to if I set up a business to sell mugs that said fit demu on there right yeah. or you know sardamama baragret or something like that whatever yeah then Good. It's a good idea. But I'd be first thing I'd be doing is going to speak to a distributor in India because how many mugs are you going to sell to the few hundred thousand Punjabis there are? It's a, it's where, it's, yeah, oh. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But I think when you think of it like that, for example, I think you're not. You can't just think of the country you're in if you're going to do a business like that. Yeah, but this. I think my my criticism is I've spoken to too many people, who this is what they. You know, we're we're probably going off the tangent a little bit here to bring it back. They their version of the of what their parents did is to build an innovative business, but still very much in a restrictive sense. Yeah, but I listen. I can do a whole different podcast on this, but for the generations going forward. I feel really sorry for our generations going forward. Punjabi generations going forward. Uh, um, go I'm, on. I'm, I'm not going to go into it too much because I need a whole other <laughs> podcast on this. Um, but, okay, I'm not old school. I, I, I do have some Western qualities about me, whatever else and all that. But I feel like going forward, People are using being Punjabi like to be cool rather than actually understanding what it is. So look, and to bring it back on topic, we were not in our we. So Mine I was completely off topic. I know, I know, I know, I know but let, look, I can, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I can find a way to bring you back on tangent. On. So we were always so in our community we were told to be proud. Okay, yeah, not different. We always loved, you know, we. I grew up with a set, set of friends who were, you know, we were all massively proud of our culture and, you know, music, everything like that. We were the generation that really kind of, we were more, Punjabi music really kicked off in the UK before it kicked off massively and rebooted in Punjab, if you think about it. Yeah. You know, you had traditional kind of law to people like Manak and Shinda and that kind of stuff. But the incarnation of Punjabi music, as you see today, um, has re- really started in Birmingham and Southall. It didn't start in Canada or anything like that. So we were the generation that had DJs and producers and were proud of our food and our culture and stuff like that. But then equally, all those people went to work and didn't shout about being Punjabi. And hold on, you're saying that as, well, as of while we're here, shout out to Manny Sandy, you know, coming on the last podcast and you're one of them as well. Carry on. Yeah, so that, you know, you would have had that generation who would go to their family settings or their friend settings and stuff like that and would massively embrace the language, the culture, the food, all of that stuff, yeah? Mm. But they would go to work and they realise in order to get on, what I can't do is to go around and saying, I had a juggle on Saturday <laughs> or, or yeah. why don't you come? You know, and there was a little bit of that. It started to happen, 
you know, it, but it was, um, yeah, now, to your point, I think there's a lot more pride, but more of a disconnection with the actual culture. Yes, yes, that's what it is. Thank you. That, that See, they're proud to be Punjabi, which is great, but th- there is a huge loss on um, culture. And where where our culture is backwards, it is backwards, don't get me wrong. Like, there, there are some parts of it, and I'm not. we're not going to go into detail now because that could be a whole other thing for yeah, another time. Yeah, you might time. need to open up another bottle if you did that. Fucking, yeah. Um, but there is a huge disconnect now with the... Um, I don't want to say religious, but cult, definitely cultural... Um, what can I say? Like, not laws, but like, almost like, help me out here. Yeah, there's there's a disconnection with what makes a culture. Yeah. Well, what, is, what, what, so what, what is a culture? It's the food, it's the language, it's the history, it's the... It, it, okay, okay. And it's the, cult, it's the I, cultural cues. It's understanding why certain things are. And you might know one of it, but you kind of have to have a depth of knowledge around no, all the, of it. So, so there's so many, like... I'm on about other things as well. Like I'm on about um, relationships within families. Yeah. Huge disconnect of uh, lack of respect. That's the best way I can put it. And, and 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 look, people are entitled to their own opinion. They're entitled to their own beliefs and thoughts. Don't get me wrong. But there is, as from what I can see, there is this gap and there's a huge lack of respect for the generations before. For example, people will not appreciate parents, yeah. um, grandparents, and what they've been through, what they've done to help their kids, grandkids settle in this country. That's yeah. just, and, and then th- th- they come across with very disrespectful views, thoughts, and there's being open and being your own person, but then there's having a brain. Yeah, and I would, I'd go a stage further. I've seen... I've yeah I know and you know what Sabi I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out on one of those. On. I started to see a bit of that in my generation as well. Yeah. The people that had um, had no idea what their parents had done. Yeah. Um, and were wasting their lives while their parents were working double shifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. So, so that's that's terrible. That kind of di- there's so many levels of disrespect. But listen, we're not going to go into no, no, that because no, no. that's a whole different. No, thing. but I'm, I'm going to throw something back at you here. So look. One of my, and I don't want to talk just about people saying, look, don't enter the corporate world, do startups and do things. There isn't, there isn't, the energy in the world is not here. The energy is in the East, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you've got 1.2 to 1.3 billion people in India and it's only growing, a growing middle class population. And the, the, you get, you have a good idea and it hits the mark in India, you're dealing with, you know, like a fifth of the world or a sixth of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The opportunities are limitless out there. What I'd like to see, and it very much goes back to your point on cultural connection, is you you guys in the next generation start to connect with India properly. Um, I mean, travel there, go there. And I don't just mean go back to Punjab because Punjab is a very different place. And unfortunately, yep. it's not not the not land the of milk and honey yeah. um, for for business. But I am I have got 
people that I know and I'm, I'm, there are more people doing this, they're saying, look, I'm not going to get a job in London. I'm going to go and get a job in Mumbai and I'm going to go and understand what's going on there. Um, and then I'm going to I'm going to immerse myself in the in the country that my parents were born in or my grandparents were born in. And I'm going to understand more on, on that because I'm going to start to use my background as a bit of an advantage. Mm. Um, and it might not be that I do something there, but I'm that that is where I'm going to be because that's where the opportunity is so don't so start you know as a don't just think look my the limits of my of what I'm going to take from my culture is AP Dillon because it, it shouldn't be it's like I'm going to really go out there and understand how everything works these bloody Dillons isn't it I know it's just smashing <laughs> it it's just smashing it no, but, that, but that that's what you know if I if I wasn't completely kind of attached to family life that's what I'd be doing I know someone that did it a few years ago. They said, "Sod this! I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go out to Dili and I'm gonna really, un- you know, understand what's going on there." Yeah, fair enough. I want to sort of. We're gonna wrap this up now because it's getting quite late as well, and I know, I know. you've got to get home. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Sabi. You're welcome. I know it's bedtime. <laughs> um, um, going forward. I want to ask this question. Have, did you watch The Apprentice this year? Obviously, you know what happened. I, I didn't watch it, but I know the winner. Everyone knows uh, the winner. Uh, my blood pressure can't take watching The Apprentice, but I saw. I saw obviously who the won, and, and it was yeah, it's nice. So, so, so you were talking about obviously the disadvantages of um, being female and especially of ethnic background. Do you think going forward there's going to be a bigger the bigger gap of being ethnic and uh, female being that will be closed quicker now because um, I think you started to see more success stories with you know females who are um, from an ethnic minority background overall I because okay, you've got this uh, what's it, Harpsy Core who finished is it her name, Harpsy? Harps, Harps Core, whatever, Harp something, yeah, something like that. Mm. Um, I didn't actually watch The Apprentice, so I'm apologies, I don't want to be rude. Um, you know, she won The Apprentice, um, and you've got people who are making huge moves all over the world. I mean, you've got people like Lily Singh as well, yep, in America, she's absolutely you know, smashing it, no matter what you say, like she's fucking smashing it in over in America. Do you think now we're gonna there's gonna be a better chance for women going forward of ethnic background, not just Asians, but you know? Um, and be look, honest, like, no, look, 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 it's, it's, it's not putting a downer on it. It's being honest. It's being real. It's being realistic because obviously, we've, like I said, we've seen the winners of the Apprentice. We see some. We see we see a few success stories coming out. Now, here no, and there. I, I, I think there's two things. You've got to look at this at two, like, in two, two levels. So one, there's all the issues that um, institutionally prevent women from being successful. Okay, um, there's a, not just a gender gap, but how um, how businesses are set up to um, uh, deal with women who are pregnant, mm-hmm. um, have small children. Um, and the menopause is something that was on today, and about how it affects women's health, and you know how dehabilitating it can be for them when they're in places of work so there are a lot of the things that need to be fixed for all women the bit that i think i'm beginning to hear more about now but i'm not necessarily 
I think will only change with time um, is our community is makes life very hard for women in general anyway. You say when you say argument, you mean Punjabis, right? I think uh, Punjabis have got a lot of problems. Um, Asians generally, I would say, but I can probably level this more to Punjabis. There's a there's a book at the moment called Brown Girl Like Me. I think I might have misquoted it, um, and it's uh, a a girl called um, she's uh, I think she's a she's a sociologist and a teacher, Hulhoti, um, and she talks about the experiences of of brown women with through the through specific people and their stories hmm. um but it, look we we disenfranchise women in our community we don't let them have a voice we make them feel like they're second class from the moment that they're born um they're all these little things that we embed um that is an added burden i think so i don't what i don't want to see is um i like seeing kind of little examples where uh, someone from our background and his female wins the apprentice but what I, what I want to see is actually all the bullshit that we have in our community about the way that we treat women start to disappear um, mm. that will be better I think and I think what will, you know what will happen over time is some of that baggage that unfortunately existed in our in our parents generations will start to disappear and then they'll find their voice a little bit better yeah so yeah I know it's a long answer to your question but there's a lot to fix, I think, there, um, but it's going to need time. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with what you've just said. I don't, don't you know, I think, yeah, that the, the it is a bit difficult for, especially Punjabi girls, to fight on two fronts in the corporate world when they're trying to get a job, and in um, the society that we have, in a culture we have. Yeah, it's massively it, patriarchal. Um, Hugely patriarchal. It is. It is. I don't want to say but, because I don't want to contradict myself. But this was my point from before about um, the disrespect. And every, and you know what I was saying to you before about yeah. how there's a disconnect? I think then... Somehow there needs to be a way where there's a fine understanding of... But giving them the right opportunities within yeah. our culture, but then also them still having that level of respect for families, let's say. Yeah. And, and I, I want to, I, I want to be a little bit less, I think obscure than you. I want to be more specific. It shouldn't be a thing that a successful career woman in our community doesn't feel like she can say to um, her partner and for it to be accepted and normal and fine and I don't want to say anything that she'll be the one that is the main earner and goes to work and her husband takes main responsibility for the kids because that's if she's done well and she's a high flyer and she's so inclined I don't see a problem with that I don't either means I could just sit at home all day do you know what I mean just chill out <laughs> I don't want to no I'm joking um, no but do you know what saying that I'm going to just quickly finish on something not finish on something but um just talk about this there's a skit that russell peters does great comedian by the way very un- i don't know how many people know about him but i, th- I personally think he's underrated i'm seeing him when he comes I know, to but i think memories. he yeah, i think he needs to be um he's up there in my top five of all time i fucking love watching him and he talks about um doctors you know what we were saying before about having a professional route 
going, you know, um, going forward sort of thing. Um, as in, like, when you're growing up, your parents are like, you have to be a doctor, have to be a lawyer, whatever else. And he, and his thing was, he goes, I never want to be seen by an Indian male doctor. And he goes, because they were forced to do that job. They were, there was no sort of thing. He goes, whereas when you see anyone else, he goes, he goes, um, and he says, I'm not going to say the jokes, I don't know it fully, but he goes, you know, Indian women, he goes, if they're a doctor, he goes, that's fine. Indian men, he goes, just no. He goes, I'll never be seen by one because they don't care. You know, that, you know, he, he obviously makes a joke about it, but underneath that joke, there's a lot of truth behind that. You know, they're, they're... No, and, and, you know, we should, we should probably give ourselves a bit of a reality check. So be wait and see what's going to happen in the next 10 years. All of these structures that you talk about in our community in particular, marriages, people but I know really few, going I, to the God okay, I know all that stuff. I know a few people who will listen to this and then be like, what the hell are you two talking about? Like, they're still in the old school stuck ways, but where, you know. Yeah, I, I, I can't, you know, if I reference back 10 years and I... But can I just say something? Can I, where we are. can I just say something as well? Where you say the woman should be the main bread earner no not should but if she wants to no 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 if she wants to be yeah me personally I could never allow that and what I mean by that is let me finish allow there you go that's a dangerous word it's a dangerous word but what I mean is I could never be the one slacking let's say it's not slacking but no no I'm going to chuck a scenario at you you've just married I don't know Priti Gord who is a dot com superstar she's got a business that's just started up that's um, got a valuation of 50 million <laughs> is okay. this a real person no, no i'm just saying okay <laughs> I'm it's not un- okay that's yeah. a scenario yeah and you're gonna say to her do you stop that <laughs> no i'm not gonna say to her stop important. that i'm not gonna say stop that but what i mean is i, I wouldn't then just be a fucking sit at home no, sort but of person. I'm, i know that but neither are they no but that's what i'm saying i, I, I wouldn't i would never expect for me, it's equal. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It shouldn't, but, yeah, but look, it shouldn't. But, like, for me, it shouldn't be one person's one way, one person the other. One person's better than the other. One person doing more. I think you should, in my personal opinion, right? There, there's a lot of thing. There's a lot of things nowadays in society about equality and stuff. It should be equal. Like there should be two two breadwinners in the house. Because I'm not trying to be funny. You can't live if you don't. Yeah. In this country, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, but just in general, like, I think that, maybe I'm wrong here, but that would make a healthier relationship than what you have, you know, from back in the day of the women staying at home, the men got to work, because it's like... Well, it, I just think you're never going to get that anymore. And that's what I think starts to create some of the cultural challenges, which is you can't maintain those structures in a... No, you can't, but that's what I'm trying to say. But, like... It, it should never be... I don't think it should ever be either the woman being the main bread earner or the man being the bre- main bread earner. Be both. Why not? What's wrong no, with that? No, and it does... And, and, you know, we could get into real semantics. When I say, by the way, I just want to reiterate this point. When I say allow, I don't mean allow as in, oh, I'm not going <laughs> to allow a woman to do this. What I mean is I couldn't let myself let some... Even if it, like... Even when I'm, like, with family or friends i don't let anyone else do something i should be doing as well anyway do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. again like i just want to <laughs> reiterate the point i don't mean allow in that sort of sense what i mean is 
Yo, hustle together. That, okay, there we go. That's so much better. Why didn't I think of this before? Say this before. Hustle together. Anything you do, like, put it this way. Even if I have my own whole separate business, yeah. I get married, and my future wife wants to join my business and hustle with me in that. Would you join her business? Go, if it meant I was... But what I mean is we would be equal levels. Yeah. If she joined mine... But what if she equal. was much better than you? She's fucking better than me, but I'm not gonna. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna hustle with her. Okay. The point is, you should hustle together. That's what I'm trying to say. Not, not have one do one and one do the other. But you, you know, but you know what I'm trying to say. Of like, course, of like course. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to someone who I was with, and I wouldn't expect someone to do that if I was with them and they had. No, every I, you know, and the if I was to put it better, everyone should be allowed to pursue their passions and their dreams. Yeah, no one should be stopped. No one. Yeah, and too many, and unfortunately in our community, it's People not, are stopped. Yeah, people are stopped. It needs to be this, you need to be on the same level. Like No one, no one person should be above the other. No, no. And, um, no, and, that, and that's, why they say, that's why they I think, get, I get what you're saying. That's why they're saying like in, in Asian communities, it's still so impressive if a girl is a doctor or a girl does this or just normalise it. No, no but, they should be doing that anyway. Yeah, but you, if, if we... That's, yeah. that, see, that's the issue. The issue is, is is when they... Okay, when they do it, it is a big thing because they're held back so much. But what we're trying to say is they should normalise it. It should be... They should be pushed to do it. They should never be stopped to become a doctor, to become a lawyer, to become... No, no, no. And, and we, I think we've moved beyond that now. But I want to... Now we're... we're we're going over time a little bit, but there's one thing I definitely do want to say, which is we've talked a little bit about um, but with referencing women saying, you know, let them follow their passions, let them do their stuff. Look, the future for your generation and beyond is happiness first, I think. You unfortunately have inherited um, a little bit of an echo from my generation, the previous one, which is the need to show and the need to flex constantly. And to be able to demonstrate that you're successful um, and to push and push and push. You say that. Listen, I want. I would never want to be successful to need to show it. I yeah. want to be successful to provide for a fa- for my family. Yeah, and that and that's a, that's a very good attitude. But unfortunately, generally in our community, I still see people living not. I wouldn't say beyond their means, but feeling very conscious of the need to to demonstrate that they're doing well. And what that does is, um, if I have a conversation, I was in a pub this week with um, some uh, friends of Gordy, and we were talking about, well, what would you do if you had your time again? And none of them were talking, they're all talking about passion. They're all talking about, well, yeah, I really enjoy this. Nothing was money related at all. I, if I, I've, I've always liked working with wood, one of them said. I want to be a carpenter, okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Saying? I was like, hold yeah, on, yeah, 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 was, yeah. What kind yeah, of friends no, have you got? No, yeah, not, not that one. Um, but we... We, we're not that mature yet we've got um, in the new world where there'll be a massive death of a number of white collar roles mm-hmm. whether it's artificial intelligence automation um, robotics so many jobs will disappear that people that have got a genuine passion and a skill for something which could be completely left field are going to have professions that have got longevity and we're not in that mindset yet as a community. We'll look at someone and go, oh, they've become an artist. You know, how are they going to make money out of that? You know, which is wrong because that those are the people that will be 
they won't just be resilient in their careers, but they'll actually have the best mental health and they'll be happy. And we've never really factored in a happiness. And when I talked about the start of what I did and, you know, school and university and all that stuff, and never once did I say happiness in that in that equation, which is, you know, and I'm 40, 42 now, and I realise that that's actually a thing and you've got to be focused on it, otherwise you'll kill yourself. And there are lots of, you know, I know loads of people that are burnt out um, at a very, very young age because they've been on a treadmill for too long. So it is important because you, it's just not... It's got to be your number one consideration, I think, in the future. I think the other thing is you've got to be prepared to have multiple careers um, because we're going to have longer working lives. Uh, and as the need... I don't, I, yeah, I don't think you should, by the way, what you just said, I don't think you should um, stick within one field. No, and, and just be prepared to pivot and say, look, I might have to, in 10 years' time, do something completely different because the demand doesn't exist anymore. Um, and, te- the way, and that's not not small things. It's you know we live in a world where if you work in distribution, everything is going to be driverless. You know you have to live with it. That's yep. a fact. Okay, so where are you going to be in fucking? I hope so. In fifteen years' time, if that's what your if your business is, you're going to have to prepare for that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, and also, and I'd say, I someone talked. I, I I spent some time with some Japanese guys, and they talked about something called ikigai which is um, finding the middle bit. So what you're good at, um, what you enjoy and what the world needs. And you constantly have to find something that fulfills all three of them. Um, and that will mean that for a lot of people, you prepare yourself for lifelong learning. So if I'm, if you know, like I said, I wanna, I'm thinking now I want to go back to university and do some mm. short courses. It's not, it's not it's, it won't be cheap for me to do it. I'm going to have to find a lot of money to do it for the types of courses that I want to do but it's because I'm mentally now in that space where I understand if I'm going to remain relevant to the world I'm going to have to keep learning and I'm going to have to be humble and keep thinking you know in order to be relevant and not just someone who's living off their off their CV yeah you constantly have to learn so all these things I'd say um is is what I'd be pushing people now I'd say don't don't get hit up about your culture and about risks and challenges about the color of your skin, build your networks, embrace India and do all that kind of stuff. Um, and don't feel too bad about the world. Cause I think everyone is on a bit of a downer at the moment. I think if I'm honest, there's a lot more exposure to information that I think can overload your head. Uh, yes. But just focus on the basics. That's where we're going to end. Thank you for that. That was, um, it was a fun chat. That was actually a fun chat. That sounded really sarcastic. That was a fun that was genuinely a fun chat. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for coming, finally. Just before I finish, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's listened to my podcast so far. I recently went over the 500 plays mark on all my podcasts. So not 500 each, as in 500 in total, which isn't a huge deal. Like maybe not for a lot of people, but for me it is because this is just a hobby, something I do for a bit of fun. So yeah thank you to everyone who's listened um god bless you all and yeah i will be back sometime soon i hope you've enjoyed this podcast and um we keep moving oh and keep looking out because eventually there might be some video footage anyway thank you for listening peace